Hello and welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. The call to gird up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers, brothers in Christ, working hard to become the men that God has called us to be. I am your host, Charlie Jungemach. I'm a teacher, a coach, music director, and a man of God, myself working toward the goal of, like David, being a man after God's own heart. We're happy you could join us. Now it's time to roll up our sleeves, to gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Man, I love this time of year. I love to sing. I think part of the reason I love this time of year so much is that I do love to sing, and it presents more opportunities to sing, especially around Christmas time. Man, ah, I love those Christmas hymns, those Christmas carols. Some of my favorite uh, Christmas events are the ones where you get to sing, like Christmas concerts. I love it when they have an organist sitting out there playing instead of just like you walking into quiet music or whatever ahead of time and actually have you do a hymn sing ahead of time or caroling at Christmas parties, stuff like that. I love it. It's always a joy for me. Um, the Lord has blessed me with a pretty good voice and I love to sing and I've uh, been able to do some touring and stuff in high school and college and travel the country to, to perform uh, as a part of a choral groups and it's awesome and I love it. It's been a huge blessing to me and to my family. I've um, been able to sing with my family since I was a kid. It's one of my favorite memories is being able to sit in the back of the choir loft with my dad and my grandpa and singing my heart out. It was a formative memory for me. It kind of started me on this course of being a man. I love it. Um, and even as part of my ministry now, those old ladies love to sit in front of me while I'm singing at church. Uh, they'll turn around and sh- share with me just how much they enjoy hearing me sing. And that it might sound arrogant at the outset, but it really truly is a spiritual encouragement for the people around me, and the Lord has blessed me with that spiritual gift, which is super cool. Um, but I will admit that it, sometimes it's a little bit too wrapped up in my identity, and I start getting way more excited about that than the things I should be getting excited about, particularly worship. And uh, I that was starting to happen uh, this Christmas until... I lost my voice. And when I lost my voice, I was forced to kind of sit back and think about the message of the songs that I was so wanted to sing. And when I had to sit back and listen to that message, I started to change my attitude a little bit and started to enjoy the Christmas season a little bit more. Um, and that, that story we know so well, we don't always think about the consequences of what was happening that night in Bethlehem. And that's what I want to do with you here today is just go through that story and make sure we really truly understand the weight of what happened in Bethlehem on that Christmas night. But in order to do that, we got to start all the way back at the beginning. If you remember, God created Adam and Eve, and they were perfect. They were created in God's image. And since they were created in God's image, there was nothing wrong with them. Uh, there was no shame, no guilt. That's why they uh, didn't have clothes. Uh, they didn't have anything to hide. And so there was no shame or guilt associated with their lives. And that sounds like bliss. It sounds like Eden, right? Well, they were in Eden. Um, and when they fell... The world was plunged into darkness. It was no longer perfect, and it was no longer good the way that God had created it. And if you think about it, it didn't take too long for sin to take hold because Adam and Eve's first two kids, Cain and Abel, killing each other um, and being about over really petty stuff. Um, man, it's just a, such a quick downfall from the perfection of Eden. Um, and at one point, the world even got so bad and so wicked that God destroyed it all with a flood. That's the story of Noah. Um, and 
only Noah survived with his family uh, to re-inhabit the earth. And I would argue, we could probably say, that the world is starting to grow just as wicked now as it was at the time of Noah. It's kind of crazy and kind of sad to think about. But all through the generations and all through the years, we've had a singular promise from God that has led us forward with the light of the gospel. And I, my personal favorite, um, my favorite prophecy about the Savior comes from Isaiah chapter 9, uh, starting in verse 2, but then I'm going to skip down to 6 and 7. It says, The people walking in darkness, that's us, have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And that's the promise that for thousands and thousands of years the Jewish people were waiting on. The people of Israel were waiting to hear those words spoken again, waiting to see the promised Messiah. And on Christmas, they did. The shepherds were out in the fields, you know this story, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people today in the town of Beth. Ah, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now the shepherds knew exactly what the angels were talking about because these shepherds, knew the promises that God had made to them, and they knew that the Messiah had come and that the Messiah was there to rescue God's people. Now, not all the Israelites understood that he meant rescuing them from the guilt of their sin, but that's what Jesus was there for. And as Jesus grew up and as he became a man, he was perfect all the time. He obeyed every single law. He did every single thing that's expected of human beings. He lived a perfect life. And even though he was God and didn't need to, he lived under the law. Uh, Galatians 4 verse 4 says, let me find it here. Galatians 4 verse 4 says, But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because Jesus lived under the law, we don't have to try and fulfill the law. We don't have that pressure to be perfect. We know we're not going to be perfect. We know we can never earn salvation on our own. So Jesus came and he did it for us. Because Jesus was perfect, he was able to take our place, take my place, and be my substitute. Jesus lived a perfect life in my place. So when he was a kid and doing his chores just like Mary told him to do, he was doing that in my place because I was not able to do that perfectly when I was a kid. When Jesus was a teenager studying and doing his homework every day and following the directions of the teacher, he was doing that in my place because I didn't do that perfectly either. And the law commands that I do that perfectly. And when Jesus grew up, he saw a beautiful woman and he didn't lust after her. He was doing that in my place because I can't do that either. Everything that Jesus did from the beginning of his life to the end of his life, all the way after up to his ascension back into heaven. He did it in my place so that I would not 
have to suffer the punishment, the consequences of my sin. Jesus suffered shame and abuse on my behalf, the shame and abuse that I deserve. Jesus stretched out his arms on the cross and died as my substitute. And he broke the power of the grave and sin and death. I no longer will die for all eternity. In fact, there were two people that didn't even die. God took two people back up to heaven with him. I'm not saying he's going to take you and me back up to heaven without dying. We're still going to face physical death, but it doesn't hold the same fear and dread as it would if we didn't know our Savior. And it definitely doesn't hold the same fear and dread as it would if Jesus had never come. And finally, God himself turned his back on Jesus when Jesus was hanging there on that cross and made Jesus suffer hell so that I wouldn't have to. And because Jesus did the things he did for me, I no longer have any guilt. My debt is paid and my sin is gone. You think about the parable um, where Jesus says, who's going to love a master more? Somebody has been forgiven a debt of $100 or somebody has been given a debt of $1,000. Obviously, the person with the greater debt is going to love Jesus more. And you and I, we're all tied for that greater debt. <laughs> like there's nobody here that doesn't have an enormous debt that they owe our Heavenly Father. But because of Jesus' sacrifice, I don't need to serve my time in hell. Jesus did it for me. Okay? And that's what Christmas is all about. My sin and my debt is gone. But I wasn't thinking about that message. I was thinking about how much fun it was going to be to sing and how the people sitting in front of me were going to be so blessed by my appearance in church. What I needed to do was shut up and listen to the glorious gospel message that shows up on Christmas, that I have a Savior who came and lived a perfect life in my place and died a perfect death in my place so that I can have salvation, so that I will end up in heaven and not have to serve the eternal punishment that my debt of sin deserves. So I encourage you to spend some time doing the same thing. Shut up and listen to your Savior for a second and listen to the message of the gospel and live your life as a reaction to that gospel message that we hear on Christmas, that a Savior has come, and because of it, we have peace. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. You can find more episodes just like this one on iTunes or SoundCloud under the name The Gird Up Podcast. You can follow me, Charlie Ungamak, at on Instagram at Coach Ungamak, on Facebook as Charlie Ungamak, or you can email me on the good old email at coachungamak at gmail.com. Please make sure you leave a review for this podcast. Make sure we get good ratings. And it's time now to go be the man that God has created you to be. God bless.